0: Hello, pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to this very special episode of The Empire Podcast. Did you know that we're 30 years old next year? I know, I know. We don't look a day over 28. But it is true. Empire Magazine launched in 1989. And because hitting 30 is such a huge milestone, we've decided to launch a full year of celebrations starting this year. Why? Because we can. So you may or may not have heard... But we have put together a list of 30, well, technically 31, as two of them are brothers, of the finest, most adventurous filmmakers plying their trade today. And we're dedicating great big swathes of coverage to them over the next year across the magazine, the podcast, and other media. How exciting. The first filmmaker we're focusing on is one James Cameron, who dominates the new issue of Empire on sale now in All Good and Evil News Agents. The second is, well... The subject of this podcast. Taika Waititi has only made five films in Empire's and, obviously, his lifetime, but they are belters. Eagle vs. Shark, his low-key 2007 debut. Boy, his wry coming-of-age drama from 2010. What We Do in the Shadows, his hilarious vampire mockumentary from 2014. The magnificent and often mad and moving Hunt for the Wilderpeople, Empire's film of the year in 2016 and then wasting no time whatsoever, last year's Thor Ragnarok, one of the best and certainly the funniest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. One thing all those movies have in common is Taika's distinctive voice. The New Zealand filmmaker wrote or contributed helpfully to the screenplay of all five films, and so when he came into London last week to speak at BAFTA's Screenwriters Lecture Series 2018, we jumped at the chance to sit down with him in a boardroom at BAFTA and natter about all things scripty. So here is roughly half an hour of me chatting to Taika Waititi about his approach to screenwriting, how that varies across projects like Hunt for the Wilder People and Thor Ragnarok, and why Jermaine Clement is the only person he can write with. Oh, and much, much more, of course, including a pitch for a new Police Academy movie that I am now desperate to see. This was recorded in a boardroom at BAFTA, as I said, and so the sound quality is a little hissy at times. But hopefully, tolerably so. Enjoy. Okay, so I will give you a big introduction and away we will go.
1: Chris, why don't you introduce me? No one knows who I am. (laughs) Let's start and go. I just feel I have to introduce people. You have to. That's why I'm I'm giving you the cue. You might not know who you are. I don't. I don't. I need a reminder every now and then.
0: (laughs) Uh, We are delighted to be joined in this very special Empire 30th anniversary
1: podcast. (laughs) 30, 30, 30. <laughs>
0: and now we have to give you commission every time we use that, because mm-hmm. that is now our new theme music.
1: Uh, Taika YTD, how are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. Good. Good. am in London. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all I've got to report so far. Thanks very much indeed for in coming realm. in. Yeah.
0: It's been great. It's been great. Pleasure. Pleasure it's be fantastic. So uh, you are here to get, deliver a screenwriting lecture. Or yeah. to listen to one? No. I got tricked. <laughs> How's it going to work? I got
1: tricked into doing this. <laughs> they offered me a free flight, and I will do anything. I don't even care what it is. I'll say yes, and then I realize, oh, it's a lecture. And I don't know if I – do I know enough about screenwriting to be able fill in? Then I said, oh, it's probably you know, between an hour and an hour and a half. Ninety minutes. <laughs> probably, I, can, I can probably divulge all of my knowledge in 10, ten? Ten. Well, we've got Ten. half an hour here. So we've got half an hour. We'll be yeah. talking about other stuff.
0: We can do a staring contest because that always because works that on a podcast. always
1: works in, in these uh, audio things, yeah. staring contests. Also
0: because I'm pretty confident I'd remain unbeaten at the end of it. But anyway, let's not put
1: it to the test. Outside, before I sat down, <laughs> you haven't even noticed. I had you were a blinked. outside the room mm-hmm. staring, but right. technically speaking, that doesn't work. I had work. a special, a special uh, surgery in Hollywood to stop <laughs> your, your eyes from blinking.
0: <laughs> so I'll start, with a, I'll start with a little trip down memory lane for you. So Empire is 30 years old, technically speaking, next year. Mm -hmm. But we're starting our 30th anniversary
1: this year just because we're Just like I'm still technically 28. You're um, still technically 28. Officially, according (laughs) to the man, I'm 43.
0: Let's take you back to 1989. Where where were you? What were you doing? What was the young Taika
1: doing back then? 1989. Spring. The spring of 1989. You know what? um 89 how old was I 14? 13 14 13 or 14 I'm not asking 30. you I'm asking myself Well yeah
0: if you're 43 th- th- you know, then yeah, yeah. 30, 75,
1: 40. I was born Yeah so yeah yeah you do the math I can't. I, can't. I can't But um the yeah so I was I was yeah around 13 40, probably in the first my first year of high school I think Okay and um loved it I was very popular <laughs> What you want to hear is how much I was bullied. I wasn't yeah. bullied. I, okay. I was extremely popular. Yeah. No, I found the first year I was I was really trying to find myself, but um yeah, it was not it was it wasn't my favorite. I I didn't really love high school until about halfway through. What changed? But what changed is that you couldn't do drama until I think 2 or 3 years into into high school. Okay. Um as like a you know, you couldn't like elect to do it. You'd have, like, once every couple of weeks you might do, like, a, you know, some theatre games, you know, mm-hmm. or, like, a sort of shitty theatre sports sort of thing. But um, I didn't really... Yeah, that's when I think I found... I was always doing art, I was doing art and music, and um, and those were my two favourite things. And then... Gone to drama around what we called fifth form. I don't know what you'd call it here. Year twenty eight, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. And, um, so we had, um, yeah. So we had, yeah. So that's what we we did. We started drama, and that's when I found a lot of my friend, my lifelong friends, and it mm-hmm. um, just felt like yeah, it was just some, something. That I, I loved the idea of of telling stories and playing characters and making stuff up. And I felt like oh wow, this is like I thought they told you you weren't allowed to do that anymore when you when you got <laughs> to high school, and. And there was, like, this one thing, there was one, like, throwback to when you are a kid that you, you know, got to go in and play games and be silly. And was like, there, I loved that.
0: Was there a, a particular spark, a particular film, or an actor or director that you wanted mm. to not emulate? No,
1: I, I, I never wanted to be a filmmaker. Uh, there was never... It, wasn't, well, a, it was never really an option, mm. as, you know, when people asked what you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. No one ever said filmmaker or dancer or actor or, or even musician. It was usually, f- like... Um, a, a deep sea diver for seaweed <laughs> for the seaweed industry or um, a fo- work in the forestry yeah. or work in the restaurant industry so yes yeah, so I, I didn't have like massive dreams of you know of, of doing what I'm doing now that sort of fell upon me when I was about 20 actually 28 I've, see, I've mentioned twen- the number 28, 28 three yeah. times now I'm also developing um, something where the number uh, 28 is a very important number in this ah, project as well. Interesting. We'll see by the end of this if you can guess what that project is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Thor 28. <laughs> That's exactly right. How could, how could you possibly have known that? I don't know. We're skipping from number three straight to 28 because all the other ones in between will be dumb. <laughs> I would no. quite like to see that. Yeah. I would
0: quite like to see what you guys would come up with for or Hunt for the Wilder People 28. Or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, we did have an
1: idea of, of, of trying to do Police Academy 10. Yeah, we only made seven. And uh, we thought, yes. oh, we'd well, just go straight to 10 because, you know, on the poster you'd say, well, we, we all know that seven, eight, and nine are going to be shit, so <laughs> let's just go straight to 10 because <laughs> that's a cool number. It starts with the funeral of Carrie of Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: right. that's it. It's very, very – this is much more sombre affair than you might imagine from a Police Academy Oh, no, it's, movie. Not, it's not a comedy. <laughs> it's really dark. It's, it's like, it's like a- Logan. <laughs> So screenwriting didn't really, st-
1: yeah. I mean, start I was always for for ri- doing creative writing, and I was always I was always writing stories when I was okay. young. Um, and then when I left high school and I started university, I was writing plays and one night plays, and a lot of like comedy things and, and sketches with my friends. And so I was always writing stuff, but um, usually for theatre. And then, okay. And then in my late twenties, um, I, I guess because film was one of the last things I hadn't tried. In the arts, I gave it a go, and I wrote a short, a short film that I actually originally it it, it, um, it started off as like a little one act play that I was going to probably play, and it was about three kids outside a pub where I grew up, and um, and originally it was going to be myself and a couple of friends playing those kids, you know, like you know, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, it, it was just like a small little thing, and um, and maybe I thought it might be part of a bigger play or something and I I thought okay well this is one thing to test out see if this kind this tone works and this this idea works and then I gave it to a friend of mine who was a producer she produced film in New Zealand and she read it and said suggested that I make it into a short and I just sort of went along with it and then after that it did really well and I got I got a taste for it and I made another, another few shorts and really sort of fell in love with it kind of by accident and then and I haven't yeah, haven't, haven't looked back well, I have, I'm looking back now the rest yeah, the rest and the is rest history. as you say and as everyone says not just you is history I should
0: stop saying that don't you think the rest is history and yeah. the rest is or history. the rest as they as say, they say is history everyone says it yeah the rest as they say is history as the rest they say. as everyone always says <laughs> the rest as you may have heard is definitely history but Controversial statement, and the rest is history. <laughs> uh, I've interviewed a number of uh, screenwriters over the years, as you might imagine, and there seems to be a common theme between a lot of them uh, that whenever their early forays into screenwriting, they didn't know the rules, they didn't know about three act structures, they didn't know about things like inciting incidents and you know arcs, and sometimes those screenplays were the most successful. Those were the ones that got them noticed, mm-hmm. and. Was that the same for you going back to those early days and your early screenplays?
1: I yeah, I mean, I still don't really know the quite the, exactly how you're supposed to format stuff <laughs> when I'm writing. And I'm not sure. Like I read I read other people's scripts, and certain words will just be capitalized, and I feel it's a really random capitalization of words. And in, in, you know, in the uh, I don't know what you call it. I'd call it stage directions, but what, is yeah. that what you call it in a screenplay? I guess it is. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, it's a <laughs> So yeah, so that, you know when I read those, I find like a lot of scripts that you read they're very, um, they're very flowery the way they're written and they very kind of, they just they just ramble on and on when they're describing a character or how and it's also, and I really like I really don't like reading other people's scripts because of this reason especially in Hollywood where they're you know have the character and to be like enter Christine twenty eight. Wise beyond her years, yes. uh, yet still she has this uh, underlying sexiness <laughs> that you just can't deny. And you know, All they're saying is yeah. she's hot, yep. but we're not just going to say she's hot. She's been around, and she's done some stuff. <laughs> she's sassy, as the Americans would say. Her eyes oh, oh, have a
0: sadness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's all right. <laughs> that
1: sort of thing. I just started off writing how I would write for for what we were doing in, in theater. Because I'd never... I don't think I ever have really written for someone else to direct, or for anyone, or to really get financing or anything like that. I just mm. really wrote for myself. So I just so most of my scripts, the way they're written, are sort of what exactly what you'd see on screen. So this would be really like a roadmap for me. Okay. And then I just go blah, 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 blah cut to you know, to you know someone you know finding the bag of money, and <laughs> but instead of. All this v- super descriptive stuff. My my directions are very simple and often just almost like I'm trying to edit the final film in the. Oh, really? In, okay. in, in the script. Has your style evolved over
0: time? As you, did you immerse yourself in other screenplays? Did you read people like William Goldman? And no,
1: no, yeah. no. I don't like reading other people's stuff. Yeah. I don't. I just. Uh, it's, I find unless it's, I get sent things from um, you know from from my agents and stuff, and you I sure find it very it, hard to get through them yeah um and often what ha- well, the good thing about reading other people's things is it just it bolsters my confidence in my own writing and it makes me feel <laughs> like my ideas are still better and that i should just keep doing those yeah and not to, you know so that my ideas are better but they are and <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're not. no for me they are i think <laughs> i i just know what i want to make and yeah. Yeah, it makes me want to write more. It makes me yeah. want to, when, when I read other people's things, I think, wow, this thing got finance? Surely, <laughs> surely I could do a little bit better, and surely I could get something else made. Um,
0: you've you've done, uh, throughout your career, uh, certainly on, uh, on the screen, you've, you've written short films, you've written episodes of TV shows, The Flight of the Concords is something that springs to mind. You've obviously written features as well. Is there a flow to what you write next? And. and
1: Mike, you still write short films? For example, now you're in. I do. Nice I do position. still write ideas for short films, or I'll start. Or sometimes I will have. I've got a couple of short films that I've written that haven't been made that I might offer to other people. But some of them are so old now that when, if I reread them, I, th- I know they'll be ter- terrible. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's like little moment. This little window I think you've got, and you've got to either make the thing then, or you have to be prepared to throw the whole thing out and start again. Yeah. If you read it seven years later. Uh-huh. Or I've got one I haven't read probably for over 10 years, which I thought was really good back then, but now I'm like thinking about it, I have a feeling it's you know, it's not, not good. <laughs> I think the idea behind it is actually quite good, but I, I can tell already. I can, some of the lines of dialogue are coming back to me now, and it's not good. It's oh, okay. not good. So I could rewrite that now based on who I am now and uh-huh. what I've learned over the years, over the last 10 years, and it probably would be pretty good.
0: You should do that immediately after this, or maybe even during this. I'm doing it now. You do it now. Get your iPad out. <laughs> that's the sound of that's
1: typing. You could um, be in police
0: academy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm typing my new script. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. This really,
0: Just is really coming together. I like it.
1: Uh, <laughs> what was that sound? If anyone can guess what that sound it was, me turning the paper yep. a little few more and then twisting it and then. <laughs> you <laughs> Remember that At the end of that TV show What TV Stephen show Stephen J Connell Yep <laughs> 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 And it turned And it hit the other pile of paper And it turned into A sea yep,
0: It certainly did Amazing Guy created the A team That's it That's him do you have did you have a pile of unproduced screenplays? And how do you decide what to make
1: next? At what I've point- got a pile of unwritten screenplays, which is like the title pages <laughs> and about four pages, and then I've gone, Ah God, I wish someone else would do this. I found writing harder now. Writing is a lot harder now. It's very it's found it I found it like just very lonely. It's just gotten lonelier and lonelier. The only person I've ever written with is writing partner is Jermaine. Mm. And that's not lonely, but it takes seven years. To get anything done so <laughs> there's that it's like oh, okay well i'm not lonely but it's just taking too long or i'll just be lonely and get it done faster but even yeah. then now i find it really hard to just sit there and try and think up ideas well but uh, obviously i'm not jaded i'm not no, jaded don't uh, don't, don't shouldn't be at 43. Don't think that. You're not 43. ready for the Knacker's Yard. No,
0: no, no. No. What? Oh, no. Or are you? No, no, of no, course no. you're, you're not. Uh, so, Jermaine, the, the partnership with Jermaine, that, you know, that, which is a little bit in partnership, I, I guess. Where did that come from? And How did you know that this is the person I want to write with? This is the Lennon or McCartney to my McCartney or Lennon?
1: I think we're like George and Ringo. <laughs> and there's probably better writers than us. Well, they didn't write together. Didn't we met. <laughs> we should have we like, got together with them. Um, <laughs> He's probably more like George, I'm more like Ringo, um, but sometimes it swaps. This stuff's pretty ridiculous. But we, yeah, I mean we've, yeah, we've ridden together on, you know, on doing various things over the years, and um, we're currently, well, he's up in Toronto. I'm about to go up there to shoot some episodes of the, what we do in the Shadows TV show for for FX, um, who picked it up, and it's a US spinoff. Yes. And, um, very and yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's great that we got to do that. But um, him and Paul Sims and a bunch of other writers did all the writing on that, and I didn't. I didn't do anything on that. It was great. Did you? Did you look at? Because you don't like reading stuff. But did you? You
0: come in, and read drafts, and go. This is not what I would have done. This is bullshit.
1: This is bullshit. Not what I would have done. But I can see how this TV show is getting made. <laughs> Excellent. So what was it about Jermaine that clicked for you guys? Uh, we come from similar areas. We grew up yeah. in similar situations, and um, I think just had a very similar sense of humour. We do, we we met around the time when comedy was having this like massive um, resurgence of sort of. Uh, I don't say renaissance of comedy, even yeah. though it's been around for a long time. But it's like, yeah, in the early 90s when it was like, you know, people Invented. were saying like, oh, it was, it's comedy's the new rock and roll. And all the comedians <laughs> yeah. were wearing like, you know, like walking around, you know, on drags and like wasted all the time and like leather jackets and like yeah. tight leather pants. And, and so, yeah, and like pretending to be rock stars <laughs> and then getting on stage and just telling jokes. <laughs> um, so, so we kind of came up around that time when uh-huh. when people were moving away from the more traditional styles of comedy yeah. so uh, so we got away with a lot of stuff and we got to do things that were very um you know it's very anti-comedy mm. and um anti-comedy what do you what do you say, anti- I say anti- anti-anti-comedy anti, thank anti-comedy anti-comedy you. yeah you know i've been in america a while and that you know, anti- some of these things rub off on me they pronounce things garage, like garage. do you guys say oh, garage no no we say no. garage yeah garage or we say house uh, house for the car (laughs) it's garage rock not garage car room put it in (laughs) the the car car room
0: (laughs) put it in the car bed (laughs) just for the night night car um so but most of the time obviously you write on your own and you say it It is a solitary experience uh, writing and the, the the blank page can contain a lot of fears for people uh how have you overcome those over the years? Do you have uh, you just
1: fill up the, for me? I just fill up the page. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I'm writing. I just Church. write and write and write. And usually, what I'd like for me, it's just dialogue. I'll just uh-huh. get one or two characters, maybe introduce a third or something, and just write conversations and not have any idea where they're going to go. Okay, but eventually, just like you know, it might even be like ten pages of just talking and free form, free flowing conversations that eventually, you know, a chunk of that might contain a seed for. For a bigger idea, or like you might look at like just a little couplet, or like you know one page of dialogue, and, and think it could kind of go in a sort of weird like gangster movie. Uh, that I don't know how to do gangster movies, but I'll put that aside, <laughs> and that might be good for something, you know, and all that, okay. you know. And um, do you play these conversations out vocally? Uh, sometimes, sometimes yeah. I do, just like I hear, or hear characters, most of the characters are just versions of me, they'll sound like, sound like me, so it's basically like me talking to myself a lot, <laughs> and, or like, like I came up with an idea for a character who wore, sort of like, he just wore like gear all, all the time or well, he just wore track track suits all the time who looked good but had, didn't have any pockets And uh-huh, was uh-huh. always asking people and they're just asking people like the, if he could they could hold on to his phone and the cigarettes and stuff because he was like <laughs> he always had to have them in his in his hands but he could he never had pockets to put anything in it's like the idea of a character with no pockets because you know what it's like when you got no pockets it's yeah. the worst Oh, no, it's you, awful yeah i don't have any pockets now as so well. that's so, bought, yeah, bought yeah, my yeah oh, oh, you, what do do? Like a, you got i see i, I, I noticed those yeah. i discovered them it's amazing um, yeah, I, yeah I've, I've, and I've gone out a couple of times without pocket or with one pocket that's too shallow mm. you put your phone in and it's just always it falling out, out or Don't you sit that. down and it falls out on the concrete and then, yeah, yeah. And then you're like oh man I'm going to smash my phone by the end of the <laughs> night it just oh, causes man. more stress so pockets are very very valuable yeah, and they are. something that I have a lot of respect for this jacket so is a metaphor I mean, for life yeah and so, and so this idea of this character came about from just yeah just writing dialogue for a couple of hours and just trying to come up with ideas and and then this guy came, this character developed who didn't have any pockets. And he just walked around the whole, the whole story, throughout the whole story, he was just constantly asking people to hold on to his stuff. And then, have you got my th- you've, who's got my phone? And like, he was asking all his friends just to hang on to things. And there wouldn't be a movie about a guy with no pockets, but it's a good character to have in a movie about something else.
0: Uh, I'm going to throw one particular scene at you now. This scene was chosen for Empire's classic scene by Mr. Julian Dennison. And um, he chose a scene from Phil Ragnarok. God. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. He the chose movie. He the uh, <laughs> movie he wasn't in. Uh, yeah, he, I told him he couldn't pick Under *The World of People*. Yeah, <laughs> he had to pick something else. Uh, he went to Thor Ragnarok. He went to the, uh, the the introduction of Korg. Oh yeah, the Korg and Thor scene. Now, I imagine you had a hand in writing that.
1: I wrote that character. Yeah, yeah. I wrote all of his stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and a lot of the scenes that he was in, I would sort of rewrite just to basically. Catered to me and what I wanted to say <laughs> in the scene. And so I had a little bit of sway there because I was directing it, and I was just like, oh, I think this character would do this, because I knew I was playing it. Yeah. Um, and then we would just improvise around it. We'd do a version of that when we were shooting, and then we'd improvise around the version of the script. And then we would like just improvise for a long time and just come up with other other things that weren't, they had no chance of being in the script, Yeah. but then eventually... Um, Somehow, I have no idea how, but somehow managed to, to make their way into the movie.
0: Was that experience uh, obviously a different one for you because you were working in within the studio system? Mm-hmm. You were working from someone else's script and changing it and adapting it where you could. Uh, what was that like for you? And was it at times frustrating? I, I guess. Well, the,
1: the the thing I liked about it was I wasn't writing the entire script. Someone else wrote it, and, and I've always you know whenever I've worked like that, I've always found felt like. Someone else's script, or even my scripts in general, are just a sort of, just sort of a stepping off point, and you just you use that. You, you definitely get a version of the script, mm-hmm. you shoot a version of that, but then you kind of see where else it could go. And so it's and, I, and some people like sometimes the, you know you hear about writers doing this um, arbitration thing for yeah. you know when they want to get credit for, for writing on a script. And what I found interesting is that dialogue. So they have like a point system. You know, so let's say out of a hundred points, you know, um, character development is you know thirty points. Um, you know, setting up the scenes and and the world and everything is you know, another thirty points. You know, dialogue in the system, dialogue is only worth about five points. So <laughs> really? it's worth nothing. So if you're <laughs> going to arbitrate and like try and get a credit on a movie, dialogue is worth nothing. Wow. And improvising, improvised dialogue. And let's face it, improvising is not. It's not actually coming out of nowhere. People have, most of the time, people have thought about this and gone, okay, if I was doing a pro take, I'm definitely going to try this angle you know, <laughs> and see how this kind of comes out. Yeah. And, so, and so that is worth basically zero. Wow. So you can't get anything because it's not officially writing. So the stuff so people you, remember when, so, in quotes. Yeah, so, like all, so all the stuff that you would come up with on the day, even though it can really change the tone or make the character or even actually change the storyline sometimes – um, it's, not, it's not worth any of that stuff But It is also my favourite way to work Because I actually do consider it writing I do consider improvising And, and dialogue and all mm. of those things And the way people describe things And the way, you know, things that people say and you know, Even if it's just Even if it doesn't carry the story on I yeah. think it's still tonally it, it, you know, it creates the movie So I consider that to be part of my writing process is Just improvising And coming yeah. up with things on the day
0: has that always been the case? Right back from Eagle versus Shark.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eagle versus Shark. Interestingly, we didn't do a lot of improvising because we had hardly any time, and we were basically scrambling to get out to make our day. And so, only every now and then, I'd just suggest things to Jermaine or Lauren, or you know, or, or they would suggest things to me, and say, "Okay, well, we've got five minutes. We've got to do it. just have, have a go at it." You yeah. but we didn't. It wasn't like a lot of the, the those Hollywood comedies where they. Spend an entire day on one scene improvising and like, coming up with <laughs> puns and you know plays on words, and basically, I call it like list comedy. Uh, they yeah, do. yeah, you know, it's yeah. just like a scene, and then they just they go to, and then and it's always a reference, um, you know, popular culture references and things like <laughs> that. You know, like, and you can always tell when you see American comedies, yeah, like someone will say something, and then the other guy will go. Like, Okay, Mel Gibson from Mad Max, <laughs> let me tell you something, you know? And it's like, that's like a classic. That's a classic used yeah. you see, like, they love doing that over there. <laughs> like, okay, Madonna. <laughs> okay, Madonna from the Vogue videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I know. Why Is don't you, what just you mean?
0: cool your jets? Hunt for the Willow People was Empire's film of the year. Uh, the year it came out, obviously. Any other year would have been weird. And that was a film that you wrote over a period of years and obviously given that as an adaptation was that again a difficult process for you and a different process for you
1: yeah yeah well i wrote the first draft of hunt for the world of people in maybe 2005 mm-hmm. um, and so and then we shot in 2015 so it was and
0: you didn't change the word it, well, yeah exactly
1: <laughs> no and so and but when i first wrote it, it it was not really a comedy there was not much in there yeah it was funny and again, my I think I developed as a film filmmaker and a storyteller. Even though I'd done a lot of comedy before I started making film, for some reason I thought that you just had to make everything depressing and arty. Well, and you we, we still can do that, but it's okay to also add lots of jokes. And <laughs> so, I, so, so yeah. So then, ten years later, when I re looked at the script, yeah, again, it was like some a completely different person had written it. But right. I'm glad that I had left that much time to just. to th- I wasn't even thinking about it, but I guess in some ways, you know it's somewhere in the back of your head developing away by itself, and then when you go back to it, you kind of know exactly what needs to be done and i yeah so I went back to the script and i think I wrote pretty much the shooting draft only in about two months and wow. after coming back to the script and yeah. just know, oh this is the kind of story I want to tell, and I changed it completely changed it and added all these different characters and um and made it more of a fun. Adventure, which still has you know has has heart and has some, some deeper um, mm. themes, but but I realised what I what I wanted to make and you know and I wanted to make a film that has no does not have an f bomb in it uh, <laughs> anywhere in it, which is it's like when I wrote the first draft of the yeah. script. If you would ever get your hands on that, which you won't, um, <laughs> it's full of them. Oh, really? Full of cussing, as they had saying. say. Hunt the for area. the effing wilder people. <laughs> exactly. Potty yes. mouth. And, uh, and and in the original, Sam Neill's character dies. Yes. He dies in yes, my, yes, in yes. my uh, original script.
0: Yeah. Now, did you keep him alive because he's Sam Neill, he got National shot Treasure? Death by the cops. Oh, man. Fuzz. Those mothers. Did, yeah. did you keep him alive because he's Sam Neill, National Treasure? Or did you
1: just. I just spare didn't him want to bum reasons? people out in this cool movie, and then suddenly it's like, <laughs> ugh, What? Now he's dead. <laughs> but you talked earlier on
0: about how your screenplays, you, you almost edit the movie in your head before you've even shot it. Yeah. And there's a moment in, in Wilder People where uh, where Heck obviously finds his wife dead and it's so sad. And then we cut to the funeral scene. That's and it's so
1: up. funny. Yeah.
0: Did you convey that on the page?
1: Um, I did convey that on the page, but I also shot a version of that where there were no jokes. I did, Just to mm. back myself up, because I knew if people fell in love with that character enough and then she died and then you went to a ridiculous funeral that people might just give up on the film mm. and they might just think you know what we can't trust that if we fall in love with another character for the next two acts that you know not, <laughs> you're not going to do the same to us and and there's something you've got to be a little bit respectful sometimes of, of that yeah, and yeah so so I did back myself and make the funeral you know a version that was just Respectful of funerals. <laughs> but also <laughs> but also the funeral in the film is based on a real funeral um, that I went oh, yes. to and the speech from the priest. I'm not r- religious. So I don't know what yeah. they're called. What do you call that? Pastor? Uh, priest? Pastor, priest, so I minister. Yeah, the minister. Yeah, I'm um, just saying. Minister. That's right. It's a minister. Yeah. Uh, it was basically lifted from this real funeral that I, that I went oh my to. Oh, God. So... No it does happen. it does happen. Chop down notes. It does happen.
0: Taika, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you Thank so you, much for Happy
1: birthday! Here's to another 30
0: years. Burst out of a cake. Brilliant. Thanks, man. See you, bro. Cheers. That was Taika Waititi on screenwriting. And we are delighted to announce also that he is the second filmmaker we are focusing on in the mag as part of our 30th birthday celebrations. So pick up the next issue of Empire on sale at the end of December Not the one that's on sale right now, although we strongly urge you to pick that up as well. For more Taika, then you can shake a pineapple shirt at. In the meantime, keep them peeled for more special podcasts coming your way. There are going to be tons between now and the end of the year. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye.